0: Welcome to, uh, well, I'm just going to call this one a Mordcast. Um, before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake & Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors right in the middle of the dairy block. Uh, go to bfwdenver.com if you want to go pick up a bottle of wine. I suggest you do that, or you can book your virtual wine tasting. Um, I have got some gifts, gift certificates coming up uh, to give away, For those virtual wine tastings, which are extremely popular, and you have no idea how insane that is. So, I got some to give away on this podcast. I'll be letting you know about that soon. But you can also pick up yourself a bottle of wine. Get that 2017 Cabernet, because it is really, really effing good. Uh, But they also got Pinot. They got, uh, got, you know, whites, blends, reds, Syrahs, anything you can think of. Plus, uh, they got uh, partnerships with Western Slope wineries, uh, Restoration Storm Cellars, and one in the Elk Mountains. Anything you really need. This is a local Colorado business that needs your support. Once again, you can do bfwdenver.com if you're like me and you can't really get out until you get vaccinated. So they got delivery, they got curbside pickup, and they got shipment. Um, Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Blasey in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in or when you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. Dexter's truancy problem is way out of hand. The Baltimore County School Board have decided to expel Dexter from the entire public school system. Oh, Mr. Kirk, I'm an upset as you to learn Dexter's truancy. But surely expulsion is not the answer. I'm afraid expulsion is the only answer. It is the opinion of the entire staff that Dexter is criminally insane. 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 <laughs> Needs that boy, needs that boy what needs is therapy. up everybody thank you all for joining me on the latest mortcast part of the csg network i'm of course your host jeff morton okay i got a, a return guest um our bulwark correspondent um a man with hair is equally long as mine there's my friend tim miller hello tim how are you doing
1: Jeff Morton, King of Thornton, good to be with you. We'll try to, you know, we got to keep it a little sharper this time. I got some feedback that the two and a half plus hour epic that we did last time was maybe you, you just a little much for people. They loved us. They loved the material, you know, reflecting on everything from the uh, NBA 90s and, you know, gay lifestyle, but, uh, but you know, maybe a little bit tighter. Uh, well, but it's good to be back with you.
0: Yeah. Maybe uh, brevity is the friend of precision. So we, <laughs> we can read something it's. like that. Yes. Um, okay, well, Tim's on here not to talk about uh, the fact that uh, we had a group of White House reporters embarrassingly clamoring to have a formal press conference with the president and not ask a single question about uh, a pandemic during it. We're not here to talk about that. <laughs> okay
1: we are here to talk or the or the shooting or the shooting
0: by the way yes not no shootings uh just it was all about gotcha questions and if he's going to run in 2024 which is uh great showing white house press press great great showing but anyway yes but anyway no we're talking about something else something much more cheerful for a change this is your denver nuggets um our denver nuggets and uh, they made a couple moves today um and i'm going to start us off with a little anecdote tim okay Uh, i had the depending on the way you look at it the pleasure of covering javel mcgee when uh, he was uh his first stint here in denver and i I, there's a lot of uh, stories that i could tell none of which i can tell on this podcast um there are, there are some that I can probably give you an idea of what it was like to, to deal with JaVale when he was here that last time. Um, when Brian Shaw, his first in his, like these are training camp practices, we're, we're interviewing Brian Shaw and uh, he hadn't yet, it was like right before the beginning of the regular season, he hadn't yet set his starting lineup, but he dropped a bombshell in one of these pressers that J.J. Hickson was not going to start. It was going to be JaVale McGee. And this is the beginning of the thirteen fourteen season. So Timmons and myself are like, "Oh shit, we better do something about this." So I set off searching for Javale McGee. And uh, obviously, that we Javale had gone to the locker room. We couldn't find him. And uh, I this is the, this is now this is the actually the third time that I attempted to interview Javale in the time that he's been here, and. <laughs> I get I, I have one of the PR guys, they they go down, they find him, they they try to bring him up, and I'm standing there, and I'm standing there at the top of the up top of the stairs that goes down to their locker room, and I hear this. I just don't wanna and then I hear this door slam. <laughs> and it's, that's it. And the one of the PR guys comes up and he's like, Yo, JaVale just didn't have time to, <laughs> to. To, right. to to have answer your questions. But that's not the moral of the story. The moral of the story was when uh, Timmons and myself go over to talk to J.J. Hickson and assuming that he had been informed that um, he was no, not going to be starting in the lineup. We were wrong because it was during our interview oh, with no. him where we informed him. That he was not going to be starting. Oh God! Uh, that's just to give you an idea of of, and that's a tame, that's a tame Javale McGee story. But uh, that that is that is to to lead us off into the fact that the first trade of the day, the Denver Nuggets traded two protected second round picks to the Cleveland Cavaliers to get Javale McGee and I- Isaiah Hardenstein. Um, and the Hardy hard party. Uh, uh, so what do, well, what do you think?
1: that gives me just that anecdote. I just want to say big picture gives me so much joy because just thinking about the fact that it was, I mean, that wasn't that long ago. And you know, the big story was whether it would be JJ Hickson or JaVale McKee in the starting lineup, like how lucky are we right now to have Jokic, you know, forever. Um, uh, how lucky are we to have Michael Malone uh, and not mm-hmm. have, a, you know, somebody like Brian Shaw who had a lot of other skills, but obviously that wasn't uh, one of them um, in our in a, inner a player um, management um I, you know and my my big memory of javel obviously wasn't covering it but i was a fan um his first game is uh, am i have this right you'll test my memory his first game on, on the team is when he had that free throw uh like the put back jam off the free throw line there's like a missed free throw and then yeah. he jumps and i believe and there's kind of a one-handed slam straight off the straight off the rebound and i was like okay you know we lost Nene. So I was like, you know, Nene had been kind of like the Gary Harris at that time, actually had been there for a while. So we missed, missed Nene and uh, and I was like, okay, we might have something here. We might have something here. I, I think maybe my hopes got a little high there. Um, so my hopes for the new JaVale are very managed. Um, I was nervous this morning because we had, we had this podcast planned, and I was like, if, we, if our only pickup is JaVale, <laughs> might be kind of a dark pod today, um, trying to, you know, make uh, shine that turd, um, but uh, I, I think, you know, he'll bring, he'll bring good energy, I have a lot of fond feelings of him, I have especially fond feelings of him if he's only playing eight minutes rather than 30 minutes, and, um, you know, he has three titles, so that's good vibes. You know, um, That's right. That's and uh, and I've, I have a little bit of concerns about the rotation, which we can get into in a bit. But but big picture, um, it's it's nice to have you know the old goofball back.
0: I, I it made my day to get this information this morning because it reminded me that the Nuggets are still the Nuggets, that not based on any sort of the merits of the trade. Okay, which actually I think are good. Right, uh, if he's only playing. 10 minutes 10 15 minutes a night he's golden right and i completely am am, i'm on board with this he will help the denver nuggets um i just was like laughing I, i saw the trade and i started cackling hysterically because it is such a nuggets thing there's no way in my wildest fevered imagination that I ever believed that JaVale McGee would be back in a Nuggets uniform and it just surprised the crap out of me you know if any of the Nuggets members of the organization are listening to this it's not about the merit of the trade it is just the fact that JaVale Effing McGee is now back on the Denver Nuggets something I never could have fathomed uh, like yesterday
1: it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous tell me now uh, going back to kind of Nuggets uh, nug life passed before we get to all the good news. Did did they do you, so did they not know that he had asthma when they first traded for him? Um and that he wouldn't handle the thin air? Was that something that the front office just kinda just kind of missed last time? Do you do you remember? Was there I, I was always curious of the backstory on that. No,
0: it was well known. Um in fact uh, uh every <laughs> okay. every uh broadcast of the when the Nuggets played the Washington Wizards. Uh, it was known very much that he had asthma because it's one of the main features. Uh, it was ve- it was a big part coming into to that draft in two thousand eight. Uh, was that he had right. he had that uh, he had asthma? You know the interesting thing about it is when I look back on uh JaVale McGee's first stint, that was that was Masai Ujiri trying to make a statement, and it was the biggest mistake of the Maj- Masai Ujiri era, not necessarily him being traded for Nene Nene Nene's, like era being done after 10 years in Denver. Not not any of that, but it was bidding against himself to give Javale a huge, at the time, contract just to lock him up, when in reality, no one else was really in the market for (laughs) Jamal McGee. And he had one, if you remember, Tim, he had one game, game five, against the Lakers, where he had that big second half and he completely dominated the Lakers in that game, in the second half of that game. It was his only good game of the series, but that's the one. And boom, suddenly 44 million bucks.
1: Yeah, I've blocked out that good game against the Lakers because I'm just still triggered by uh, the uh, Warriors series. You know, we're always oh, yeah. like him and Costa Koufis getting the circles run around them <laughs> by the 2012, 2013 Warriors. And just like how there's just nobody you could play. Like we didn't have a playable five uh, in that series. And so I, I guess that I did leave a little bad taste in my mouth with JaVale. So I, I have a much more vivid memory of that than his one good Lakers win, if I'm being honest. But again, it's, not, it's nice to have him back <laughs> yes. in the role that he's going to play.
0: Yes, a, a, a good role. And look, I, like I said, it's it's easy for me, and I'm I'm, I'm being a little facetious here, but there there is uh, there's there's good merits to this trade because first of all, Isaiah Hartenstein was not good. Was a disaster. And yeah, I I think in that capacity and what he was trying to do, it's maybe better to have someone who's super long, super athletic, who can protect the rim, which the Nuggets haven't had. Um, and do that serve that purpose and I think in that merit in that way and that if he's getting 15 minutes a game I think it's perfect so
1: yeah I was so before the Gordon trade um I was a little nervous that it was gonna mess with the you know keeping MPJ at the three and built Mills out at the four and all you know I was a little bit worried about kind of that crowded rotation uh situation um but I, I obviously that i think got resolved clearly with gordon uh, who'll obviously be starting uh, alongside mpj and so uh you know given that uh it's pretty clear that javell's basically brought in for you know matchup against the lakers I, we don't know what's going to happen in the buyout market um with some of these you know other teams uh for the playoffs and then to play the Hartenstein role uh it is going to crowd you know Millsap and and Green are really crowded that right now, so I think that'll be a challenge for for Malone. Um, and and we get into the rotation stuff um, uh, later, but that, I think that's kind of the big question.
0: Well, uh, the Nuggets brought them got themselves to a point where they were made the big swing, and 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 people are very oh upset. how
1: nice is it? Yeah,
0: people are very upset they lost uh, Gary. Okay, look, Gary's been a part of this team since well Brian Shaw's second year, and. Um, I, I think Gary, if he if he didn't have injury issues, probably would still be on this team. Um, but you just couldn't – I mean, this is just me guessing. But it was just you couldn't pay out $20 million for someone who's going – who's missed – I mean, he's only played – Gary only played 19 games this year. And uh, it's just not good enough. Well,
1: I – if if you'll just kind of allow me uh, yeah. the privilege of tabling the Gary subject, because I'm always the turd in the punch bowl on my political podcast, so I want to take this moment to just be joyful about Aaron Gordon. I mean, I was, I was consumed by the by, by Aaron Gordon or Lonzo coming into the trade deadline. I was very adamant that we needed somebody to fill this hole that they had. Uh, obviously, they'd filled different holes, but but Gordon in particular on the wing um and he seems like the perfect fit the nuggets never made this trade my 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 younger brother uh sends this to me Sent me a list of the nuggets trade deadline trades and i want to share some of this with the group um go right ahead uh the best one ever was was before you know we're old timers jeff but but not this old uh, at least for us we did trade for Alex English at the trade deadline in 1980 79 right. 80. George McGinnis to the Pacers for Alex English so that was a good one that was 41 right. years ago yes <laughs> <laughs> um, since then oh my I mean uh, oh my goodness uh, you know some of the names of people we've brought in um, Tariq Abdul Wahad oh, Chris God. Gatling you might remember for oh, Chauncey uh, the first time we got rid of Chauncey oh, that God. was a good one uh, how about Eduardo Nah hurrah coming in in 0405 for Skeetish Vili. Um, you know, we got, um, uh, let's see, uh, Reuben Patterson and Charles Smith uh for byron russell <laughs> tory so I, I, there was the the big mellow trade which ended up turning out pretty well in 2010 11 is the other example but recently god love tim Connolly. you know he just hasn't pulled the big swing i mean here just the last few years you get uh, uh dj Augustin in 16 and 17 it's plumley in 18 uh it's nothing uh no Devin harris excuse me for 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 moodier uh Nothing, you know. We we have not made the big trade in in mm-hmm. forty years. Um, right. I guess you know if you if you count uh, if you count the Mellow trade in ten years. Uh, and so and they've need they needed it. Like right now, this was a team that, in my opinion, Jeff. I don't know if you agree that had they made no trades, was a fun team. Was going to have a nice year. Might depending on matchups, might have won one round in the playoffs. Maybe get lucky and win a second round like last time. But that was wow. that was the ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they were going to actually, you know, look at this opportunity in the West and there's, I think a real opportunity, Lakers are tough, but um, they needed to make a move like this. And now this is a team that could literally win the West. Maybe not saying they will. I'm not saying they're the favorites, but they can like, there is real hope here. And they find, they finally made the move and to get, and to get Gordon, you know, you mentioned Gary Harris, who I love. And, uh, but, but, you know, Gary has not played. All, all, all year and uh, yeah. who knew when he was gonna be able to come back and, and i was watching some old highlights of gary and he just even when he does play, he doesn't look the same on offense particularly the defense has been good but like watching some of these tribute highlight reels of gary i forgot i forgot how much bounce he had back yeah. in 16 and 17 you know and it's mm-hmm. sad almost frankly rj i liked but short can't shoot you know yet i mean big project he might end up being great but not in this window that we have like he right. wasn't going to be a rotation player this year next year right. um in a window and then you give up a pick you give up basically nothing honestly to add somebody that fits perfectly so i'm just i'm giddy i'm thrilled i uh, it's a little melancholy with with gary but uh, i'm just absolutely thrilled
0: just to be, but just to backtrack a little you threw me off i yeah I've, sure was that v charles smith of the three block shots in <laughs> Is, is it was that was that the charles smith because i'm about to my head's about to explode
1: <laughs> yeah so uh we got uh this was the 0506 trade uh where we traded vishon letters to the trailblazers it's a big oh move for reuben patterson and charles smith yeah we also traded brian uh russell and earl watson that year i, I uh, to just get a uh
0: I don't think that's, that's the, bad. I don't think yeah. that's the Charles Smith. So good. All right. My head's not no. going to explode. Um, but as far as, as Gordon goes, I mean, let's talk, let's, let's kind of go into to Gordon here because um, if I'm going to describe a perfect situation for Aaron Gordon, it's Denver um, because yeah. I, I think people have gone too far down the rabbit hole of, of saying, comparing him to Jeremy Grant. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's this analogous. I think, I think he's going to fill a role primarily because of Porter, uh, Mike, Mike Porter Jr. So I think that part maybe plays a part in it. But Jeremy Grant is 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 a completely different kind of player, uh, and Aaron Gordon, defensively speaking, if he's locked in. Is is really good and and can at least work within this construct and I think that is where I'm more excited than um, offensively I, I I think maybe that's short sighted of me but I think I think defensively speaking and getting that extra stuff like getting like 12 to 18 points a game right around there I think that is where he perfectly lands kind of uh, people have made the comparison to Sean Marion yeah with the uh, the Suns. I think maybe that is where I see him. Uh, what about you? I, I like him on both sides. I, as far as I totally agree with you.
1: I, th- I think he's a perfect fit. He's different than Grant. Um, you know, not. I don't. He's not going to be a lockdown defender like that. His shooting uh, on on you know spot up shots is better than Grant's was. Um, mm-hmm. Though uh, I think that's going to create spacing. So on offense, I just think this is buckets, man. I mean, yeah. who, who you know, like people are cheating off a of Porter. Uh, or, or we're not cheating off Porter, excuse me. And so they've been trying to trying to lock him down. So think about all the space you have. If you've got to help Jokic, you know, and you've got Murray out there, you've got maybe Barton, maybe Monte, um, you've got MPJ, and you've got Gordon, um, all the cutting lane opportunities, uh, now lob opportunities from Jokic to, to Gordon potentially, um, you know, any sort of help is going to leave one of these three guys open for, for, for clear, clean shots. I, mean, I think that Gordon is going to have more wide open shots this year than he has ever had in his life. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's gonna Jokic, you know, on cuts is gonna hit him for more easy hoops uh by the by the rim than he's ever had in his life. So I, you know, again, I I don't I don't see him as this amazing, you know, one-on-one player. Obviously he's only scoring 14 points a game or whatever it is in Orlando. Uh but but working through Jokic when there are also these other weapons, I, I think it's gonna create insane space. And then you go on to the defensive side and finally, there's a little bit of switchability on yeah. the wings too. When you talk about being in the system, right? So you know Porter obviously has his, has his issues on defense, but but the size is there, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you've got Porter, Gordon, and then let's say PJ or or Barton at the two when they're playing with that lineup. You know now you've got some length on the wing right. now, where you know you can switch, you can help. I and mean, just in the last few games, we've gotten just slaughtered by. Brandon Ingram and then and then Pascal Siakam right Right. because we didn't have anybody to guard them well now we have a natural person that can guard both Brandon Ingram and Pascal Siakam and Gordon and if you know now you've got uh, either Porter or Dozier or or Barton as kind of a switchable person that you could switch onto them uh, instead of being the primary person so I, I just think it works I think it's a perfect fit on both ends the other thing I like about him is he's a West guy. I don't, you know, people are, are, have PTSD about Jeremy leaving, you know, yeah. Um, but and 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 I guess Gordon said that he wanted, in some interview, to like be in a big market or something. But he's from San Jose, you know. He went to Arizona, yeah. Right, like he's he apparently, according to Singer, like he said that he liked, you know, the Nuggets offense. Um, you know, he watched some. He sent an encouraging tweet today, so I, he might like it. Like it might be a fit for him. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's not a, it's not like somebody who, it's not like mellow, right? But somebody who's coming from a big East coast city that wants to be in a big East coast city. I don't think it's necessary. It could end up being that. We don't know, but I don't think it's necessarily that. So I, I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm standing over here. I'm over the moon. I think he fits in all, all of the, all categories.
0: I, I my, my biggest thing is okay. Then now maybe we could extrapolate this because all the Nuggets gave up was Gary Harris, uh, for this particular trade, Gary Harris, um, then a f- 2025 protected, semi-protected first-round pick. Mm-hmm. We, as of this moment, I am not sure what the protections are on it, but this is the NBA because I'm sure there's about like five sub-factors <laughs> that, are, that are right there, so I, I, I need to look into that later. Um, and, and the Nuggets got back Gordon and Gary Clark, which I'm not entirely sure. I think they got Gary Clark to make salaries match. I think that's what happened on this one. So I didn't understand that either. So, but you have, you have the, this situation the way it is. So the Nuggets today, they get, they get JaVale McGee and Aaron Gordon, uh, and Gary Clark for, um, two second, two protected second round picks, Gary Harris uh, Isaiah Hartenstein and a RJ Hampton and a uh, protected 2025 first. I think overall, just in the grand scheme of things, it's not bad to give up for uh, getting what you got back, which is a guy who can provide to provide something uh, in a and a backup role as a center. And then the other side of it is getting a guy who can is perfect for what you do. Um, I I think that's a I, I would give that up uh, six ways to Sunday.
1: Uh, yeah, I was listening to the Simmons pod before I came on this to kind of see what national folks thought to see if, you know, out of my nuggets bubble, if I was missing something. And, you know, he, he called it for, that Orlando got 45 cents on the dollar. You know, yeah. and, and, I, and I think that's right. I, you know, RJ is a potential and that's what it is. It's, it's like, they got potential. They got this pick, which is going to be a late twenties pick with the Nuggets depending on protections and all that, but probably a late pick first round. And then RJ who I liked, I was excited about that trade and that pickup, but he is just all potential. And I, and I, and I think that you gotta, look, the Nuggets, <laughs> we haven't had very many windows, you right. know, we, we, had our, we had our window back with, with Mello and Chauncey Um and, and you know, uh, we haven't had very many windows. And there's a window right now, no. um, you know, especially with the Lakers injuries and with Jokic playing as an MVP. And so you got to roll with it and you can't, you know, uh, just stick wait around for rj to maybe reach his potential it's, it's just i think olanda is a much better place for him to be right now where he can get some minutes and, and get better and so and gary you know my daughter uh gary was her favorite player like oh. i think that one of her first words was after you know was after papa was like it was gary harris because i'm watching so many nuggets games and i think it's the the pa announcer you know does the gary harris i think it's that uh, why she liked him the most but so that hurts and you know i i, I love gary he was missed reliable uh for all for the dark years and then into the early jokish years you know Jokic years every every game you know you're gonna get some out of him he saved the series against utah so that so emotionally it hurts but like he was bringing let's just be honest he was bringing nothing and he was costing more than gordon yeah so just just looking at this just as a value level uh, you know, we're we're going to pay Gordon, I think 4 million less next year. I forget yep. if it's too, yeah, 4 million, is that right? 4 yep. million next last next year, then Gary, who who knows how many games he is, would even be able to play. Right. So uh, yeah, it's just to me, a total, total swamp of a deal. Um, and, and the best deal I, I the, the nuggets have gotten in my rooting time. I think, I don't, I can't think of another, I mean, I can't, I guess maybe bringing Billups back.
0: Are you saying it's better than Chris Gatling and Tariq Abdul Wahad? It- I, I am saying. I mean, I, you know, Tariq, I did. I did have the Tariq Abdul Wahad
1: jersey um, in middle school, so that was nice. Uh, but uh, I, I think. I think so. I think it's the best acquisition, right? I, I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't even know what would be. Besides, well, besides bringing back, what would other, be
0: other than English? Um, yeah. which is probably the the best one's probably English for uh, basically the corpse of George McGinnis, and I think that's probably probably peak, um, because the Nuggets the Nuggets were always sellers in the nineties, so I, I, you know, it, it really I mean uh, it's it's got to be better than sending Mark Jackson back to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> After he had been with their <laughs> team for half a year, uh, but you know, there, there's 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 not a, as you pointed out, there's not a great history of it. Um, so yeah, I
1: mean Iverson, you know, so there's the Iverson trade, which uh, which was now
0: you know, do you that count was not that, at the
1: deadline, I guess.
0: Right? Yeah, I was going to say, do you count that because that was like I think three games into the season? Do you count that as a? Uh,
1: yeah, that didn't that wasn't on the list. I I put, I had yeah. right, because it wasn't a deadline thing. So I just I but I mean even putting aside the deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, other kind of acquisitions of the Nuggets of where they ended up on the better uh, the, on the better end of the deal, um, uh, there just aren't that many.
0: No, no, and 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 a lot of free agent signings, obviously. Uh, so this is you really got to go back with the trade. But uh, honestly, I'm chuff, I, as the British would say, I'm chuffed. I, I think this is. I'm a, chuffed too. This is this is a very. It has got me. Th- Thinking about possibilities because I think this year, I mean, you saw the last game that got annihilated by the imploding, as we, as we found out today, Toronto Raptors that just was <laughs> like, yeah, let's, let's get rid of all these guys. Yeah. Uh, but, or Tampa Bay Ra- Raptors, I should say. Um, so, Tampa Raptors. Um, so, it's got me thinking about possibilities. Now, you and I and people don't know this. Uh, uh, Tim and I speak nearly daily, talking about these Denver Nuggets, um, and we have thoughts on various things that we talk about here. Particularly, we struggling. both are emotional roller coasters. We, know, so we are after we are a,
1: after a good game, we're going to win the title. <laughs> after
0: a bad game, it's trade everyone. Right. So we are we are we are attached to this team like no other. So. <laughs> Let me throw this at you. If you are looking at just what the what is remains of this Denver Nuggets team, where you are, where they're going forward through the rest of this year, how what would you do for a starting lineup? And let me before you answer, let me put say this. When when Michael Malone a couple what was it, last week or maybe the week before said when Monte Morris comes back, he's going to be the starting point guard. So with that in mind, do you think with these trades, it's changed? I mean, if you, were, if you were Coach Miller, what would you do with the starting lineup?
1: DC has made life hard for Malone a lot over the last few years, just as far as giving him too many assets to work with. And that's still, that's still true. Um, Malone's going to have a tough job over the next few weeks, getting this figured out. Uh, my my gut says Morris Murray, Gordon, Porter, um, and uh, Jokic obviously is is the starting five um, because then I think that gives you a second unit of of Faku and PJ and Barton and green and then whatever maybe Millsap or Javale that that is a little more cohesive uh, i i hate the mini the mini lineup with 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 faku and morris yeah. and so yeah. you know that's part of it's actually part of about the second unit why i like having morris in the first and then that moves jamal off ball um that said i i don't hate jamal barton gordon porter jokic either i I, like i said earlier i like the switchability on the wing i think moving barton to a two makes a lot of sense i think depends on the matchup you know against portland that matchup probably doesn't make sense i think barton's gonna get you know leave it get his jock left on the ground against you know dame and cj a few times so that's probably not a good matchup if you're if you you know we draw portland but um uh the, the one of those two uh, is it? But then I think the problem is, you know, Faku kind of gets squeezed out yeah. uh, a little bit in that second rotation, and and I think either way you look at it, Millsap is getting squeezed. I, I don't know how you find any mil- minutes for Millsap, honestly, um, which is going to be really tough to do. Um, so, so I, so the I, I think that the the second unit is more of a challenge than the first. I, I think that e- that luckily we're now in a position where, either logical starting lineup with either Monte or Barton, uh, with the core four, uh, is a good starting lineup. And so unless Milan does something really stupid, uh, I, I think that the starting unit's going to be good. It's a question of what to do with the
0: with the bench. Well, I want to turn the core four into the thrive five. Okay. I want to, I, I want, I want there to be a consistent starting lineup. And I okay, said, so who's that? I think the only way you can do this is if you have Morris coming off the bench. I know, I know that it's going, that would com- really completely squeeze Faku out. But I think their best unit features, if they're going to have, have, will Barton remain? He has to be in the, in the starting lineup. And in fact, he's at play would be playing his natural position, which is a two. Right. Um, Now, and just, and and primarily because of this too, I think, I think defensively speaking, it gives you a better chance because Jamal's had a good year defensively this year. Um, He's really made such strides on that end. And I think Barton actually gives you more length rather than having yep. uh rather than having Morris who's who's really small. Um and then you can run a second unit of Monte, maybe throw in Dozier, um yep. get uh, you know who under the three Green, um get um Javale and Millsap. And uh, that's not a lot of scoring in that lineup though. That's yeah. that's that is like that is like I don't know how what you would do with that lineup. That well,
1: you line. you 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 go with the Jeff Morton strategy of you you know, uh, uh, basically float the starters right yeah. and keep keep Jamal. Yeah, you stagger. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. You stagger and keep. So then again, that's where you're squeezing Fako. You got you got I guess Monte Jamal, PJ Green and Millsap, or Green and uh, and Javale as your as your essentially your bench unit um and and i I think that could uh, that can work um as as a bench unit uh so it's why i kind of like barton on the bench i mean somebody you know it'd be crazy to like throw pj into the starting lineup right but that would really work honestly where you'd have barton on the bench with with monte and you'd have pj jamal gordon uh porter and Jokic. I, i doubt that he i doubt that he does that um but i think that would really you know, solve your second unit problem a little bit more um, with the stagger and Monte and Barton. Uh, but look, I, the good news is I look at just the, these are all good problems compared to the issue they had before where we had no small forwards, right? right. Like not having a single <laughs> wing on the roster was not right. great to having a, you know, not all-star, but one level down from all-star wing. Uh, And so now you have a situation where you play against the Clippers, for example, and this is what was, you know, giving me nightmares. It's like, how could you even get hope for the old Nuggets roster when you could go up against the Clippers, you have nobody that can guard PG or Kawhi, right? And so now you can put in a lineup with, with Gordon Porter, and then having either PJ or Barton at the two Mm -hmm. and have a lot of length to guard those guys, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in a way that, that is a real, I think a winnable matchup, um, you know, depending on as, you know, presuming that Yoke continues at an MVP level.
0: Well, and throw in JaVale and having a rim rim protector for, for the first time in ages. Uh, Well, if you count not but I mean, he had he had alligator arms, but there there is. (laughs) (laughs) Marcus Um, Camby
1: was maybe the last real rim
0: protector. (laughs) Yeah, well other than JaVale, his uh, his, his first stint, I mean that's that's probably yeah, the last, last stint, yeah. Um I think I think when you throw JaVale in there, then you start looking about how you can maximize a rim protector and I think that is a complete change in philosophy. How do you uh, account or like just for the Nuggets, how do you account for the fact that you have a, a center? Forget Hartenstein, who was a disaster when he was here, but you have a, a center who is just going to roll, right? He's all he's going to do is roll to the rim on offense. And uh, on defense, you just have to funnel everything. Remember what the Nuggets used to do with Matumbo? It's like everything has to go to Matumbo. So you just Funnel everything to him and and, th- and count on him intimidating. That's going to be an adjustment, uh, but I think it's a good adjustment. I, you know, I, I think the the process of this adjustment is going to be interesting because I think I, I expect for the first time, couple times we actually have people in the lineup, it's going to look a little jumbled until they get this shit figured out. But it, they, I think they will.
1: Yeah, it's going to be Joe. What's your take on the? on how, you know, the Porter and Gordon 3-4 situation is. I mean, it, like, I, I presume Porter is basically functionally the four um, and, and Gordon is the three, but maybe interchangeable. Sometimes Gordon's in the dunker spot. I mean, I think that's going to take some time to work out.
0: I think it will because Gordon likes to float on the perimeter and then drive and create by himself. And I think it's going to take a while to get him to the cutting part of this, uh, the Nuggets run uh, an interesting offense. Where it's just obviously Jokic is the the full, the fulcrum, as they say, of the of the offense. Mm-hmm. But all they do run what is an equivalent, not the same, but it's an equivalent of the triangle. It's just done in a spread out fashion. So there's a ton of cutting, just a ton of cutting. And it is hard to train your brain, specifically if you're a guy like Aaron Gordon, to cut without the ball. And that's uh, all been hard for Michael Porter Jr. to learn uh, just in the process yeah. of this happening is that it's been hard. But the interesting thing about this is with, with Gordon out there, you have so much spacing that I don't think the regular rules will be able to apply to this thing. It's, it's, I don't think it's going, you're not going to have Gordon constantly cutting to the hoop. I think you're going to have him, as you said, in the dunker role um, and have uh, Porter out to the corner because Gordon's a good passer, get him out, get, you know, get to the dunker spot. People collapse on Gordon, throw it out to Porter in the corner. You're going to have instant offense right now. And he's, he's pretty much money from, from the corner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just salivating, just thinking about those little dip passes that Jokic does where he fakes it to the outside and then dunks it to the guy and the, or then dips it to the guy in the dunker spot. I mean, Gordon's just going to have so many layups and dunks like that. Uh, I do think that him and Porter, uh, we'll probably run into each other a few times uh, over the next few weeks on offense and de- defense, uh, not knowing who's supposed to be where, uh, but not exactly. Porter's not exactly the highest, uh, you know, offense defense IQ man out there uh, yeah. as far as reading the floor is concerned so far. Yeah. As to, um, so I think that there'll be a little bit of a learning curve, but I, I just, I, uh, I think that he is just such a good counterfeit to Porter. Like they're mentioning Barnes, Barnes's name was out there. Right. I didn't really understand Barnes as much as a fit. Cause I see him as kind of just like Porter yeah. again. Right. That's- I mean, they are very, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's very much, a, you know, a lot of the shoot, you know, sh- you're going to be shooting, you know, the pick and pop. Um, Gordon is so much more athletic, and he's he immediately becomes the best athlete on the team. Right? Am I, I'm a, well, am I yeah. forget anybody. I don't think so. I think he <laughs> immediately becomes the best athlete on the team, and I so he's so. just such a. You know, they, him and Porter, despite being kind of the same build and the same position, have very different styles, and and so I think that once you know they've you know Jokic you know points somewhere to go for a few weeks. Well, yeah. Um, I think that I think that it's going to be a really nice fit.
0: Well, it's going to be a process, and I, I and, and I look, think that better than
1: Grant for me. Yeah, I don't know about you, but yeah. I I think it ended up kind of falling in our hands, right? I mean, trading out the minutes of Grant and TC and Plumlee basically from last year to this right. year's rotation will be green and Dozier and Gordon and maybe some JaVale. I mean, that's an up- upgrade
0: for me. I, th- I, th- I think so too. Um, um, We're sympathetic to with that because I think that, I think the more that you think about this, um, where Grant was mentally and what he wanted um, wasn't going to work um, mm-hmm. Clearly, he wanted a, a bigger role. Obviously, there's probably thousands of other factors that caused him to leave. But he wanted primarily a, a bigger role. I think Gordon seemed to be at least heading into this, this you know, he's tweeting out the right things, at least seemed to be open to the fact that he's not going to have the ball in his hands all the time. And I think that part is uh, essential. And I think it'll be okay um, I th- I think it will now. My question, and and I don't know if you've put any thought to this, but my question right now is, uh, how are they going to be able to afford all these guys?
1: Yeah, I well.
0: My question back to you
1: after I answer that is, what you think the Barton situation was? Because there was a lot of scuttlebutt today about Barton maybe being out the door too, which might have partly solved this. And you know now he'll have his own. Um. He's a player option, player right? Option and year. so okay. I, obviously, can't, if he picks up the player option, but but luckily next year, next year Porter and Gordon are pretty affordable, right? I mean, Gord, Porter's still on his rookie deal, and Gordon again is making four million less than Gary was going to make. So it's not. So this is a two years from now problem, um, not a next year problem. Um, and and frankly, with Millsap being on a one year and Barton player, I forget what Green is, um, if he's player or, or team option uh, for next year. Player. Um, player. So depending on how much of that opens up, they might be able to add somebody like they like next year, they'll have room to add somebody if they want to, I, I, you know, depending on what Barton does. Um, the How you afford them in two years from now. Well, uh, Stan's going to have to either go into the tax uh, or, you know, you're going to have a pretty young team or uh, Monte can stay. He's on a cheap deal. And then the the bench is going to be, you know, a lot of people, young people and people on cheap deals. And so, your ability to do that depends on how good they are right honestly sure. uh, you know and i think that if they if they go far in the next two years in the playoffs then maybe that makes Cronky more willing to go into the tax maybe that makes players more willing to come here on the cheap deals and we can get the stupid benefits that the nets and the lakers and the heat always get with these right. damn buyout deals and some players we never get right? right um if it doesn't work this year in the playoffs and next year into the trade deadline i think you end up flipping gordon again um or you know probably uh you know it'd probably be gordon but maybe mpj i guess um, would get reflipped next year um in order to make it worth work I, I think those are kind of the two basically paths forward
0: from what i understand um porter was not part of any sort of the you mean uh, by no P- porter uh, Barton it, or porter Porter. Porter, Because Porter Porter wasn't part of any deal uh, out there because I think he was gravitating towards the untouchable category right. with his play since they got shit figured out. As far as Barton goes, uh, I was hearing conflicting information, and I'll be honest with you, I was thrown off by some tweets that were out today. Um, so I couldn't give you a great idea of it, but I think... I, I think at this point, and, and maybe you, if this gets into reading uh, Will Barton's mind, but would he decline his player option to enter into free agency in a post-pandemic world where the cast probably going to be lower um, and not a ton of teams are going to have a ton of cap space? Is he going to do that, or is he going to get the player option for I think it's $14 million uh, next year? Get that 14 million, get it secure, and then worry about it the year after. And I think, I think, uh, if I'm I, if, if I'm the Nuggets, this probably plays a factor if uh I am trying attempting to deal someone, whether they are going to opt into their their last year of their deal, particularly if they go to a place maybe they they don't like. There's a lot of different factors there, and I I just don't know because like there was a whole bunch of conflicting information, and I and I just. With my, just the way I operate um, on doing things like Twitter, those that shit comes back to haunt you later if you're yeah. wrong. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just not going to say anything. So I, I have no idea.
1: I don't, I mean, well, so I have two thoughts about Barton. One is a thought and then a question for you, but I I, I don't think it, so I, again, the math is a problem on the salary, not next year, but the following. So if Barton picks up his player option. That's fine. It gives him less flexibility to bring in another piece. Right. right. Uh, but maybe not. Right. Because he's on an expiring then. And unless he gets hurt again, you know, he'll, uh, that'd be pretty movable. Right. An right. expiring Barton, you know, could be a piece that, that another contender wants, he might fall a hole. It could be a piece that a team that's trying to clear salary wants. And so he'll be off the books at the end of the year. So he would be movable next year. Um, is he going to want to do that and, and, you know, be a lame duck starter on the, on the nuggets? I don't, you know, Barton is a pretty prideful guy. Again, that gets into kind of reading Will's head. So I I don't know. I don't think it really matters. I don't think it's a problem for the nuggets. So I think that they're in a decent spot salary wise, the way this all goes, I am, it is curious to me why the magic didn't want Barton instead of Gary. I'm, and as i i you know retroactively prefer like loved gary i've always loved gary and prefer him but but with this team i'm kind of happy we still have barton because of that what i was talking about earlier about the length so i'm kind of happy with that it worked out like this mm. um and i think he makes sense of the two with this lineup but i well i don't know what do he that was curious to me why the magic wouldn't have
0: wanted I think probably, and I'm just going out on a limb here, um, but I would say that it's more to do with salary because Gary was making 18, and uh, this year I think
1: it matched uh, go more, more, go or, salary better.
0: Was he's making more than Barton? No, 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 no. He, I think he's making 20 this year or something like that. It, it did, but the salaries were closer. Uh, Barton is was making yeah. I think four million less. So, so I think, had to add another piece, or something. I think yeah. that was probably a factor there because you can just, just this. What the NBA is, you have to make these salaries match. So, right. I uh, if you're within some level of the cap, so I couldn't tell you. Um, but there is, I think that probably played a factor. But plus, you know, Gary next after next year is definitely an expiring, and it's twenty two something million of, I think it's twenty two million. He's going to be making next year. Um, Mm -hmm. that's definitely going to be a expiring deal for them unless Gary suddenly plays and never gets injured again. In which case, you know, you never (laughs) know, but that's probably part of the equation there. I think the, I I think if the, from what I heard, the Nuggets really were not wanting to give up RJ Hampton. Uh, That was not part of their thinking. And I think, I think, they didn't like giving up rj i think they probably in their mind's eye would have rather given up momo say for instance than than rj but uh giving up rj i think was probably on the, the their, their the magic's list barton i don't necessarily know if he would fit that need um of what they got i think they got terrence ross there uh still and i don't know if necessarily right. that would fill that point plus they gave up evan fournier too so they were right. really in let's get everyone out like vucevic is gone fournier is gone gordon is gone and it looks to me like this is a this is the magic we're like we're just you know they said pardon my french but they fuck it we're just done we're just getting rid of everything so
1: well, I I my thoughts on that are twofold. One is I just if Tim Connolly, if you're listening to this podcast, I just want to give you a big kiss after the <laughs> after the COVID is over because uh I know you didn't want to give up RJ, but thank God you did and pulled the trigger on it because uh you know, I again even if RJ turns out into maximizing hundred percent of his potential, it's it's gonna be at the end of this kind of current window right like maybe it would have helped us create a second window but like let's deal with the window that we're in right Right. and so uh i'm i'm happy that he put zeke would have been i think a little tougher because i I think he's closer to being a piece that could contribute maybe next year um than rj was uh uh, but who the hell knows what to do with bull um and uh yeah as far as the Magic's dump again tc like looks great uh, Arturis I think bold move to get Vucevic but mm-hmm. gave up a lot more oh yeah a lot more I mean Wendell Clark and two firsts and Otto I mean oh, wow. like, he gave up real value for Vucevic who's obviously better than Gordon but that I you know I, he gave up you know a significant pieces much 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 bigger value and, than, than and Jabari commented.
0: Parker and Jabari Parker who was bought out so He's on the waiver market, and people and and also people are kind of pining for Otto Porter Jr. And I said you can't have two Porter Juniors on the same roster. <laughs> I, would,
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind minded Otto, uh, but I think we're pretty crowded. Uh, we certainly don't need a, we certainly don't need Jabari. We don't need like a seventh uh, power forward on the team. I think we're pretty, pretty set at the four.
0: Do you remember that draft? By the way, the the uh, Andrew Wiggins Jabari Parker draft from 2014 and then uh, right after that it was Joel Embiid, yep. and the whole big debate was who was it going to be andrew wiggins or jabari parker and yep. neither of, of those guys were like n- what you would yeah. think right? and then
1: it wasn't isn't <laughs> I, i'm going from memory here so this could be wrong but isn't wasn't gordon fourth gordon isn't was four gordon,
0: gordon yeah. was four yep okay. and that was that was a good i i, I, I could probably say this now um the nuggets were uh, big fans of Aaron Gordon in that draft, and. and the Nuggets ended up. Uh, it's 2014, so they, they it was 12, and that's the uh, that's when they flipped the picks to get uh, Gary and uh, um, right. uh, Nurkic. So that ended up kind of benefiting them, I guess. But um, yeah, so that was an interesting draft. But I, I uh, Gordon was four and this is his seventh year and i think he's only
1: 25 because he was a freshman at arizona he's only 25 or 26 yeah yeah i mean i i i didn't know that they were looking at him back then that's not surprising that they would have liked him i'm encouraged by this whole though it's all smoke and i'm reading through twitter and all this so you know you might know better you would know better than me i don't know anything but um but but based on the tea leaves it does seem like they were doing a lot of vetting to make sure that Gordon wanted to be here, at least kind of, you know, and at least wanted to be in this role and and like that both of they were doing vetting on that. He, his play was a fit and, and, you know, kind of asking around uh, to agents and stuff. So I, I, I I'm, I'm very hopeful that we're like, we're not getting another grant situation at all well, based
0: on that. Let me, let me throw, throw some stuff out there that I've noticed prior to uh, this Nuggets played Orlando, what was it, two days ago. And um, immediately after the game, Porter Mike Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon talk for like five minutes. And it's the first thing I noticed was like, mm, mm-hmm. they're awful to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the, and the I conspira- didn't notice that. Conspiracy theorists in my head is like, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of thing going on here. Interesting. And then the next day, uh, I, I don't know what to, how to explain the, the Nuggets travesty versus the, <laughs> versus the Raptors the next day, other than to think that maybe there were some, you know, people were thinking about some stuff. And, and Nikola Jokic said it's very unprofessional. to let that to let that affect you says the person who is in no danger of getting traded by the way Um, but
1: Uh, but also says the person you know who like you know it looks like half the time he's like thinking about what kind of pizza he's gonna have after the game you know i mean he's just like he's just super zen right so it would would never affect him i don't think even if he was on the trade market but right yeah it was i also wasn't sure about that comment i feel like there might have been a a translation issue i i don't know if he if Jokic appreciated the connot the un the connotation of like the word unprofessional right. in english like i think he be. might have been saying it in a very just sort of like matter of fact way like we are we are professionals like you do, you do your job i don't know anyway
0: no it could be no they I, I, very well could be and i i i think i don't think he meant any malice from it i think it was just an interesting comment yeah. um and It it, it was, leading up to it, I I just was like, oh, man, I just, the vibes were very pro-Gordon. And I don't know necessarily if the Nuggets would, like, as you were pointing out, did scouting or anything like that. But all these teams kind of make sure, like, you're going to be okay if you go to Denver. And I think teams like Denver have to do that sort of thing. Right. If you're you're in L.A., fuck, they don't care. It's like, oh, I'm going to be in L.A., great weather all year, great, you know, uh, you're going to love it. But if you're going to going to Denver, sorry Nuggets fans, this is just reality. Uh, we we had we had a we had a blizzard where it snowed three feet last week. This is the this is the <laughs> conversations that you have to have, and obviously, I'm sure that there's probably hints that are dropped that they're going to be okay. That's, at least that's that's the, my interpretation of what would happen.
1: Well, man, I'm just giddy, I'm chomped, and I just, I'm all of that, whatever superlative you could think of, and, I, you know, we haven't, we initially, when we were talking about doing this, we're talking about kind of doing a half year in review, and, and they're doing trade deadline instead, and so I do, I do just want to say, like, in addition to, the, to, part of the reason why I feel like it was such a big deal to make this move, is that Jokic has just been so perfect this year I mean it has just been you know art in motion watching him and it's been such a joy during this kind of pandemic year we're stuck at home to have my league pass and be able to watch Jokic every two nights it's just been an absolutely unbelievable consistency performance obviously you know right he's the MVP right now and Uh, And it just comes so easy, you know. Like, you want, you want, I've been, I went back, I haven't watched much college this year. And I went back, obviously, to watch March Madness. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, we're spoiled with Jokic. (laughs) He just makes everything look so easy and beautiful. And, and so to, it felt like it would be wasting that year because hopefully he'll be beautiful and perfect for us for another decade, right? But who knows, right? And so it felt like it would have been wasting that year to have him have. You know Paul Millsap and 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 Will Barton on the wing, uh, and not really be able to match up with the best teams in the Western Conference, um, given how
0: great he's been. Well, my worry was the Lakers coming into this, and now who knows with the Lakers? Uh, But (laughs) they're missing both Davis and LeBron. Uh, Yes, um, but you're you're in the Bay Area, so um, are, are the. Warriors going to be a factor later? Are the, you know, who who knows what's going to happen now because the Lakers injuries are just going to, has thrown everything into chaos. And I think that probably if just, if I'm if I'm guessing, I think that probably played into the Nuggets thinking going into this. It's like Lakers falling down like this uh, with these injuries maybe has opened up a window we didn't think was there before. Right. So, yeah,
1: for good reason. That's because they beat our ass last year. So, um yeah i don't I, I think that it's um it's super uh, you know I, I but i think it helps match up with all those teams i mean particularly the la teams particularly the la teams but um uh you know do, who knows who you end up with in the first round we've seen you know obviously we had the rodney hood experience what, what we mentioned yes. <laughs> um brandon ingram <laughs> you know you don't know how the 10 7 all that stuff's gonna free you know there's so who, who the hell knows who you could play um and so i i think that with a lot of the uh, potential opponents, um, it makes a big difference with the matchup. So, the LA, the LA obviously, you know, being George, LeBron, having somebody who could plausibly guard Le- LeBron, George, and Kawhi to the extent that anyone can guard them um, is is better than not having anyone that can plausibly guard the three best players in the conference right. um, going into the playoffs.
0: Right. <laughs> I, t- I, t- I like you brought up Rodney Hood. He was traded to the, the, the uh, Sixers. And i know
1: is tc I, behind that too did he make that happen behind the scenes
0: i was thinking about this and i'm like the only reason portland won that series in 19 is because he was tall he was six foot eight that is the yeah. only reason it had nothing Seriously. to do with his talent it has everything to do with he was six foot eight and i'm like you know what maybe things are breaking the right way now <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, and kings are coming up nuggets <laughs>
1: And so we It's sad because we do have the Pelicans, which is this big test, right? But I don't. I don't know if they'll turn the the deal around for Gordon to play on tomorrow night uh, or is it whenever the whenever the Pelicans game is. They will not
0: be available tomorrow night. So it's it's going to be a, so ske- a skeleton it. crew tomorrow night. Basically, no, not uh, really. No, all they're missing is Hardenstein and and R.J. Hampton. So, yeah. yeah.
1: But we still won't have anybody who can guard Zion or uh, Brandon
0: Angro, which is kind of a you know a no, hole. It's, it's not gonna be. I, I, I hope it doesn't turn into another one of those, uh, like the last game, which was, well, though that was a thirty free throw to ten free throw game. So let's hope that it's not like that again. It's all it was deserved,
1: uh, by the way. I, I understand those complaints. There's plenty of Jokic. Jokic should get, should get whizzled, like Embiid and like the other stars. I get that, uh, but in that game the reason why there was a 20 free throw disparity is because zion was running downhill to the rim and brandon ingram was running downhill to the rim we didn't have anybody to guard either of them so they kept getting fouled at the rim and while and we were even up jump shots so yeah. I, I was ha- i'm always happy work the refs all you want but that the the, the disparity in that game was because we, we didn't have anybody that could guard the wings
0: this is very so, true
1: come save us aaron gordon Come make it all pretty and wonderful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Pretty and wonderful, like the two of us. Okay. um, (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for joining me, Tim. Uh, I tried, I kept it to an hour. So, everyone who was complaining from the bulwark staff, this is this is i know uh, this is from my nuggets uh my
1: nuggets i have little nuggets whatsapp with uh, uh my brother's high school friends and some other uh denver various denver people and okay. so i was excited for them i was like i'm on with the king of thornton you gotta <laughs> listen to this and like the feedback was basically well the first 45 minutes was okay but i don't know that i've got time for the next hour 45 so if the listeners made it to the end of this and want to hear you know, reflections, ruminations on the 90s and what it's like to be a gay basketball fan. You
0: can right. go find
1: that one in the archive.
0: <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, and tell Charlie Sykes, by the way, that if I want to like my philosophy on dogs is this. Okay. Um, if I wanted to be in a codependent relationship, I wouldn't have broken up with my last boyfriend. So. <laughs> I will. uh, will, I'm on with
1: Charlie in the morning. So (laughs) if you want to hear my politics takes, check that out, and I will share that wisdom with him.
0: Yes, yes. But be sure and follow uh, Tim. Uh, Give out your uh, your your Twitter,
1: Uh, Tim ODC. Even though I don't live in DC anymore, it's you know the brand now. So check it out. Uh, Politics and nuggets only. Yes, exactly. And occasionally some gay stuff. Yes, politics, nuggets, and gay stuff. And and LSU during football season. So there you go. It's all. it's, It's all good.
0: It's the greatest Twitter account next to Steve Gorman. So anyway, thank you all for joining us on the latest Mortcast, and I'll be back soon. Goodbye. See